This show was recorded on Monday the 9th of January, before the announcement of Woodley Wonderboy 2 at UFC 209, and the developments on social media between Khabib and Tony Ferguson. This, 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 Fight Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples, UFC and Boxing Talk. Thank you for joining us once again. Welcome to the show. Coming up, we get excited about what we might potentially see at UFC 209. Cowboy deserves the fight. Does he deserve it more than Wonderboy? Mm. Cowboy's won four straight fights in 2016. All by knockout. Yeah. All by knockout, and he looks sensational. We also respond to that tweet from Paige Van Zandt. You know what I mean? It was Fair like, play, Paige. They Fair know play. what they're doing. She knows what she's doing, Paige. Yeah. She's playing the game. Yeah, that's it, she's hooked us all in. I, I spoke to the wife. I said, any chance, you know. Any chance I can get a pass? Bring, bring Paige in as the unicorn. The unicorn. <laughs> that's, a, that's a new word I learned this week. A unicorn. Do you know what, what that is? You know what a unicorn is? Go a on. unicorn is when a married couple bring in another woman for uh, you know bedroom games. She's known as the unicorn, apparently. <laughs> and how did Mrs. Pete react to the unicorn suggestion? And of course, it wouldn't be our UFC show if we're not talking about drugs in some way, shape or form. Do a, do a, essentially, I get what Mark Hunt's coming from. And we don't want drugs. We don't want any anybody juiced up to the eyeballs in any kind of fight sport because there's a real risk someone could get killed. And it would ruin fight sports, let me tell you. The PC Brigade would oh, be, they'd be all, all over, over us. they shut it down. It would shut us down. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome to episode 66 of the Fight Disciples podcast. Absolute pleasure once again to be in your company. Thank you very much. Uh, if you subscribe to our show, if you don't subscribe, please go to iTunes. Search out Fight Disciples. Hit the subscribe button. Write us a review. You know, all the kind stuff that most people do uh, when it comes to the world of podcasting. Uh, it will help us with our visibility in the... Uh, in the charts, the iTunes charts, and hopefully then more people will come and join this community and join the discussion uh, every Thursday as we talk UFC. Thank you very much if you already do that. Um, Nick, I've got some bones to pick with the UFC. I'm going to be honest with you, mate, right? Because you've mentioned it on a, on a couple of, of occasions over the last couple of weeks that you're waiting with bated breath for fights to be made at the start of this year. You were expecting a big news conference and all this type of stuff for certain fights to be made. It's like... I might, I might have missed it myself. I might have missed it. So you can correct me because you're the guru when it comes to UFC. It's like they've kind of gone UFC 208. It's all right. Just leave that. It's fine. No, it'll take care of itself. We're not bothered about UFC 208. Let's concentrate on 209 because 209 is starting to shape up to be something quite ridiculous. Yeah, it sure is. It sure is. But listen, that's only a few weeks away. That's why we're getting close. Usually we'd, we'd have seen events named long before this now but yeah you're right 209 is is shaping up pretty decent my boy for this year my hottest tip for 2017 is on there Mirsad Bektic yeah he's, a, he's my tip for the UFC to be to really break through this year plus our boys on there too oh yeah big uh, big Paul Craig the Bear, the bear Jew. Jew. yeah 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 man the Bear well, Jew well, let's, be, before we get to 209 then let's have a quick nosy at 208 because 208 alright Holly Holm's on there a lot of people know Holly Holm they get excited about seeing Holly Holm fight this is a different weight class for Holly Holm but you look at the, the, the fight and you think to yourself well is it is it big? Is it big enough? Is it going to get people excited? Are people going to spend their money on the pay-per-view? I've seen that Jacare has been named now at UFC 208, but he's fighting Tim Butch. And you think to yourself, is that really an opponent for Jacare? Jacare is going to yeah. mow him down quite quickly, you'd anticipate. Yeah. 
You know, so for me, there's not enough excitement about 208. The first one of 2017, you think he's said, right, come on, man, give it to me. And it's not there yet. I know it's weird, and don't forget this event was supposed to take place in January the twenty first, yeah. which was which was in California. Two hundred eight was originally supposed to be there, and he, there was just no, there wasn't enough headliners. There wasn't a, a title fight. There wasn't a champion. They tried to get, if you remember, they tried to get Bispin to fight on that bill against uh, Romero. Yeah, and Bispin said, "Nah, I'm having a Christmas. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm gonna have a. I've had the biggest career, year of my career in twenty sixteen. I ain't fighting in January. You know, come back to me in spring." Um, so that fight got cancelled. Two eight got cancelled from January. First time I can remember in a long time that they haven't had a pay per view in January, yeah. and it's now been bumped back till February. So this two oh eight event on February the eleventh was originally two oh nine. But it, you're right. You know, you've got the first ever women's featherweight title fight um, featuring two girls that we've known as 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 being um, you know bantamweights. Yeah. So we're kind of blowing these girls up to make a featherweight division, to make a featherweight division for Chris Cyborg, who now is just said that she can't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So she's <laughs> going to be out for at least a year, and that's if, her, if that's if she proves herself it was a tainted supplement. You're still looking at a year. So we've we've built the UFC have brought in a weight division for a girl that is no longer available for twelve months, at least. Mm. So it, it's a strange situation at the moment, and we've spoke about this on a podcast before. I've said. Something big's gonna come out of that UFC office in Las Vegas soon. It has to. It needs to happen quick. Because this is happening the first weekend of February. That's first weekend of February. That fight. Feb Feb eleventh. Feb eleventh. Sorry, not fourth. Feb eleventh. Yeah, yeah. Feb eleventh is two two oh eight. And uh, and you're right. You look down that bill. My boys on there. The Neil Seary Ian McCall fight. Yeah, that's do you know something? That's the most attractive fight on the bill. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, Randy Brown, a welterweight on the bill. Look out for him. You know, Jack Array versus Tim Boach. Come on, man. What, what, they made that because they need to get Jackery active again. He's been out, hasn't he? No, but it's like, well, wait a minute. He was he was being lined up to fight, um, you know, the, the former champ Luke Rockhold. Yeah. A few weeks ago, and yeah. Rockhold went, nah, I'm injured. So they throw him in with Tim Bosch a couple of weeks later. It's like, oh, wait a minute, just, just wait for Rockhold. Just wait for, you know what I mean? Why? Unless Jackery said, listen, I've been inactive. I need a fight. He does. That's that what. That's, I think that's so what's happened because if you, his management team put an advert on Craigslist in in in, in America, it's like a, an eBay type thing, and they put an advert out there saying, um, one, opponent. "Yeah, one eight five opponent needed for uh, Jackery Souza. Um, please apply uh, to the new, obviously, uh, matchmaker and yeah. Dana White. Go and have a little bit of a chat with these boys, and you think to yourself." Is it for real? Is yeah, it? Exactly. So I think it is. I think Jack Ray has said, I need an opponent. I need to be out. I need to be earning money. I need to be doing my thing. So yeah. I think that's where it's come from. And come on, he's a killer. Who's going to put their hand up and want to fight him at this short noise? Exactly, you know. And what happened to the Glover Tashira Jimmy Manoa fight? That was supposed to be, that was supposed to be nailed on, wasn't it? I thought but that was nailed on. Now now Glover Tashira's fighting uh, Jared Cannonier. So, uh, which, which means only one thing, let's be honest. Jimmy Manor was headlining UFC London. Must be. You know, that's the only reason why they're going to pull him off that. So it'll be, be interesting now to see who Jimmy fights in London uh, because that light heavyweight title picture now, when you look at it, everyone seems to kind of be tied up. So We're hearing that it might be Corey Anderson in London for Jimmy Manor. It's a strange one. It's a strange time for the UFC. We've, we've spoke about it previously on the show. You know, we, we don't seem to be getting a lot of information. We don't seem to be getting a lot of fights getting made. There's not, yeah. You know, this is the first time. You know, we're well into January now, and uh, you know we still don't know what's happening in a lot of these cards in February. So, 
When you compare it though to 209, I mean, because it does look bizarre. You mentioned Bektic. He's a bit, we love him. We think he's brilliant, this kid, and you've already tipped him to be yep. have an amazing year. Yeah. He's taking on Darren Elkins, uh, UFC 209. We already know that Mark Hunt, Alistair Overeem's happening on UFC 209, which I think is a great fight. Hunt's already come out, I think this week or last week, saying that he had no option to take that fight because he's got to feed his family. At the end of the day, he's got to fight, you know what I mean? He's got to earn some cash. But then, if you believe, we know about Paul Craig, you mentioned him earlier on, taking on uh, Tyson Pedro. Great for Paul that he's on another big card. Las Vegas, superb for him. Huge. Delighted for the lad after yeah. a fantastic debut. But if if we believe the rumours, and because it's not been formally announced as of yet, mm. but if you believe the rumours, you're going to get Woodley versus Wonderboy 2, yeah. and you're going to get Khabib versus Tony Ferguson on UFC 209. Now that, my friends, is a card. Yeah, 100%. You know, But it's just whether this... Khabib, Tony Ferguson thing can actually be made. What, what, even I don't even know what's going on there. If you listen to both sides, the both sides are saying, yeah, I've signed a contract, I'm ready to go. He just hasn't signed his contract. He's not interested. He doesn't want to fight me. So if he's not prepared, I'll I'll fight X, Y, or Z. Yeah. Like, you're both saying exactly the same things. Yeah. You both clearly want the fight. So just fight. I don't know what the holdup is. Depending on which corner you listen to, I think Khabib's saying it's about the fact that he's too much of a threat and Ferguson doesn't want to fight him. And Ferguson's saying Khabib wants more money, the UFC aren't paying him enough. Listen, if these two guys want to fight, just make it happen. Just get them in there and match them up. These are the two best lightweights on the planet aside from the champion. So mm. pff, let's see them throw down. I don't know whether they're holding back on this because UFC Moscow is in the pipeline. UFC Moscow is obviously going to be a massive event yeah. for them. Khabib's got a headline, that one, obviously. Mm. And I don't know whether Tony Ferguson's like, well, listen, I'll fight him at 209. But I, you know, I'm not coming to in Moscow. Brooklyn, but I ain't going to go over to Moscow and fight him there because, yeah. you know, I know this is the UFC and things will probably be very different. They'll probably take referees and officials with them. But, you know, in Russia, we've seen it's last year. It is wow, bent, man. Fedor got absolutely smashed to bits and still got a decision. So, uh so I, I don't blame Tony Ferguson there for having his reservations in terms of going to Nosca. Mm. But that's not the noises Tony Ferguson's making. No. You know, and Khabib's not making them noises either. So it's tough to know exactly what is going on. But yeah, if all that falls into place, 209 is going to be a killer card. But 208, mm. two, 208, the numbers, the pay-per-view numbers for 208. It's be we've, dismal. we've come off 2016. Record-breaking yeah. numbers here, there, and everywhere. You know, we're going to see a massive drop for 208 if that card doesn't change. And right now, you can't see it changing. You, you know, it, it seems pretty locked in. There must be 12 or 13 fights confirmed mm. for 208 as it is. So and I, I can't imagine Holly Holm versus uh, the random. I can't imagine that's going to sell. You know, that, is that much of a sell? No, not, not at all. It is. One thing I like about social media and the way that certain fighters use social media is the way that your boy, Taron Woodley, uses social media to address stuff. Because yeah. we like that insight. Come on, give us the insight. Tell, give, don't hold back. Just stop keeping things behind closed doors. Just tell us how it is. Now, Wonderboy, I don't know if you saw this, he put a tweet out saying, I've signed my contract. He hasn't signed it. And he, he, he tweeted a picture of the contract signed with just Wonderboy's signature on it. So he, he sent that out. So obviously, Tyron's like going, I'll respond to that. No problem whatsoever. So he gets on there. He said, you think you would deserve a shot, a second shot at me? I'll beat you first time round. You've got to draw this type of stuff, blah, 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 blah. I might give Damian Meyer the shot. You know what I mean? He's having a little bit of a crack with him, a little bit of banter. We already know that Tyron does fancy the Bisping fight to become a two-weighter at 185. We've seen that viral video. Personally, I, I think that this is going to be made because the first fight was so good. Yeah. I think Woodley Wonderboy 2 will be made. I just think... 
Tyron's well within his right. If he wants to delay, see what his other options are, to see if there's a bigger fight, more money involved somewhere else, he's well within his right to do that. He's the champ at the end of the day. He's earned his stripes. If he wants to delay it for a month or so, he can. Yeah, well, it's just for, it's just for Wonder Boy, and you know, I, I thought I thought he, he edged the decision. I certainly wasn't arguing with the fact that the, the judges scored it as a draw. Yeah, it was an incredibly close fight. He didn't lose the fight. But no, that, neither the, of us had him the, losing the fight. Sorry, that's the point I, I, we should be making. He did not lose that fight. Yeah. So why should he go straight back in with him? Because he's the champion. He wants to make as much money as possible. Yeah. And there's three guys, well, four guys out there that make more money than Wonderboy. And none of them are Damian Meyer, by the way. Both of them are legit fights for the division. But n- neither of those are legit pay-per-view headliners. Your legit pay-per-view headliners for Tyron Woodley are... Connor, yeah. obviously, yeah. you could say that for fucking anyone in any way class. Yeah, Bisping, yeah, unification. If he goes up, yeah, you've got Nick Diaz coming back. Yeah, and you've got potential George George Saint Pierre coming back. What about Rafa- the fights? What about Rafael Desanos? He's moving up to welterweight. Well, I think Rafael Desanos needs to prove himself as a welterweight because you know Cowboy Cerrone's moved up and proved himself. You yes. could argue Cowboy deserves yes. it more than well, him. He does. He and to be does. honest, Cowboy deserves the fight. Does he deserve it more than Wonderboy? Mm. Cowboy's won four straight fights in 2016. All by knockout. All by knockout, and he looks sensational. How does he not deserve the shot? I put Cowboy above Wonderboy. Damian Myers above Cowboy. But they're they're your legit guys. Mm. But I get where Woodley's coming from. Woodley just wants to make as much money. Like all these guys. Like Cody Garbrandt does a number over to Dominic Cruz. What does he do? He doesn't start calling out TJ Dillashaw. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Doesn't necessarily go down that route because they're the obvious fights. He starts talking about Conor McGregor and mm. Jose Aldo because he wants to make as much money as possible. I get it. Once mm. you have the belt around your waist, you've achieved your dream. Now it's all about putting money in the bank. So I'm not upset with Tyron Woodley for trying to ignore Wonderboy. I do think Wonderboy, me personally, I, I want to see him go and get another win. I'd l- I think Cowboy, the, for me, the fight to make at 209, is Cowboy versus Woodley. That'd be I would great. love to see that fight. That would be great. What do you, do you, I mentioned Rafael Desanos there moving up to us. Wait, what do you make of that, mate? He obviously was previously the 155-pound champion at lightweight. Um, obviously, that, that ship has sailed after the way that he uh, was dismantled uh, by Eddie Alvarez. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you just outgrow, or maybe sometimes you just need a, a change. Do you think it's more of a change? He just needs to freshen stuff up for himself? Yeah, I think also as well, I think he realises that that lightweight division's on lockdown until Connor puts his head back above water. You yeah, know? fair point. Connor's basically said, I, I ain't going to fight for you know however many months So while he becomes a new dad and stuff. So potentially you could be looking at well over a year before Desanos, even if he has a couple of big wins, gets back in the mix because Khabib's ahead of him. Yeah, Eddie's ahead of him. Tony, you got to say Tony, Tony Ferguson's, Ferguson's ahead, ahead of him. him. Yeah, you know, there's 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 four or five guys ahead of him, and the champion may only fight once this year. Yeah, so it makes sense from Desanos's point of view to move to try and make something happen to force the hand. Plus, you know, we remember him. He was a huge lightweight, Desanos, anyway. Um, so it, it makes no surprise really that he is going to go up because he's got the he's got the body size to move up. Yeah. But again, it's it it you know it's one of those situations where he he's been exposed as the champion. Eddie Alvarez lit him up. Um, and it, it's been a weird time. We question the fact that he broke up with Rafael. You know, he won the title with Rafael Cadero in his corner, and then when he became champion, he stopped working with Rafael Cadero mm. and he started training more at Evolve in Singapore. And mm. then for the fight against Eddie Alvarez, he didn't even have Cadero in his corner yep. consulting. You know, it, it's weird when stuff like that happens. Obviously, we, we're not privy to what went happened behind closed doors, but ov- you know the obvious. If it ain't broke, be, 
Don't exactly. fix it, man. Exactly. You know, you, you were the guy that gets you to a world title belt. You're traditionally a jiu-jitsu guy. So you go, you eventually start working with one of the best striking coaches on the planet, bar none. Rafael Cadero, back to his old shooter box aid days where he had Anderson Silva and Vanderlei and Shogun. You know, this guy probably for, forgotten more about MMA striking than most striking coaches will ever know. So you go there and he teaches you how to be a phenomenal striker, just like he has done with Fabrizio Vadum. And then you get there, you win the world title belt and you leave. And you go somewhere else and you move on and, and then you lose your belt and, you know, it's it's a strange one. It's a strange one. Who knows what goes on inside the mind of Rafael Cadero, but I get why he's left the lightweight division because there's no opportunities there for him. But, you know, he's, he's behind three or four guys at welterweight as well. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Other news in the world of UFC. Um, before we talk Brock Lesnar, I want to talk Paige Van Zandt. Have you seen Brock it? Lesnar? Yeah. Oh, okay. Can I talk Brock Lesnar? Talk Paige Van Zandt first. Oh, I'm going to talk Paige Van Zandt. We'll talk drugs in a minute. I want to talk about this hottie that has put this tweet out. Have you seen what she's put out on the tweet? This is ridiculous. Her tweet um, on have you, have Monday you evening. Your I have filmed my forming. <laughs> on, on Monday evening was she is now accepting applications uh, for for husband material. Boys, get in line. Get in line. Have, have you seen how many retweets and likes it's got? It's gone absolutely exactly. potty. Exactly. That is how you play social media, ladies and gentlemen. That is how you play it. You have just sent all those 16, 17-year-old wet-behind-the-ears kids that do nothing but look at porn on the internet and get all excited about <laughs> Paige Van Zandt in the octagon. They've gone crazy. They're tweeting her. They're texting her. They're going, pick me, pick me, pick me. Yeah. I think, Lads, I they know what they're doing. Yeah. They know what they're doing. You know, it's like when she fought. You know, she fought the karate hottie as we as we build it as the sexiest main event in UFC history. Mm. You know, and she has to strip down naked to make weight. You know what I mean? It was Fair like, play, Paige. They Fair know play. what they're doing. She knows what she's doing, Paige. Yeah. She's playing the game. Yeah, that's it, she's hooked us all in. I I spoke to the wife. I said, any chance? You know, any chance I can get a pass? Bring bring Paige in as the unicorn. The unicorn. <laughs> that's, that's a new word I learnt this week. A unicorn. Do you know what, what that is? You know what a unicorn is. Go a on. unicorn is when a married couple bring in another woman for the, you know, bedroom games. She's known as the unicorn, apparently. <laughs> and how did Mrs. Pete react to the unicorn suggestion? She wasn't. Uh, she wasn't responsive. To no, it, I've got to be honest. Absolutely none. Shut down. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to talk Brock? Because um, Usada have matched. Um, Nevada State Athletic Commission's one-year ban. Rightfully yeah. so, yeah? Or it do doesn't really matter. We're never going to see him back in the UFC again anyway. Um, you know, I think it's it's crazy that this guy can be banned for 12 months. For uh, You know, that's, he had a bit of a cocktail, didn't he? He was, he was juiced up to the gills. Uh, but he can go and compete on wrestling in the WWE on yeah. the, the following Saturday. It makes no... But this it this, this adds no to the argument that Mark Hunt's been yakking on about for a period of time, yeah? I mean, they've, the two commissions have obviously then said, yeah, okay, he's done wrong and we're going to ban him for a year. Yeah. But Mark Hunt can't get assurances in his contract and he's been forced to fight Alistair Rotherham at UFC 209. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, at the end of the day, you make your bed, you're sleeping it. You know, before the fight, Mark Hunt was telling us all, I know he's juiced up, it, does, it makes no difference, I'm going to smash him to bits. So then when when he tests positive and you lose the fight and he tests positive for, yeah. te- for drugs and then you go, ah, but my, I want half his money. It's like, well, wait a minute. You, you can't have it both ways. You know, you shouldn't have took the fight. Then you told us he was going to be juiced up, Mark. You knew. So you can't now go bitching and moaning about it because you've accepted the fight. You lost the fight. He busted for drugs as you said he was going to get busted for drugs. Do a, do a, essentially, I get what Mark Hunt's coming from and we don't want drugs. We don't want any 
anybody juiced up to the eyeballs in any kind of fight sport because there's a real risk someone could get killed. And it would ruin fight sports, let me tell you. The PC brigade would oh, be, they'd be all, all over, over us. They'd shut it down. It would shut us down. So we need to get these people out of the game. I understand why they brought Brock in, because they needed to save UFC 200. I think they've always had a little insurance policy with Brock, a little understanding where they've gone, listen, when we need you, we'll call on you. And they, boy, did they need him when John Jones was falling out and everything else. That car just started falling apart. Mm. They needed Brock to carry UFC 200. But I think they accepted at the time as well that Brock was going to um, was going to fail a test. I think the UFC probably even knew that going in. So it's uh, uh, Mark Hunt. At the end of the day, it is what it is. You know, it's the biggest fight organization on the planet. They make the rules. You you knew what you were getting into with Brock. You you you've now got to lick your wounds and come back and and try and gain revenge over Alistair Overeem, who himself has had issues with you know. Uh, testing positive in, in previous years they, 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 we're going to have this for a while until this generation of fighters yeah is, because is, the is rules ex- have only expired. just changed recently haven't they of course we're only looking at 18 <clears throat> months ago since USADA came in so yeah. you know, there's a reason why Vandalay and you know Chael and all these guys aren't Vita Belfort no exactly the reason why the Machi dead all, the, all these all these icons of the game from that generation the Nagera brothers and all that hmm. there's a reason why they're no longer age of course as well but there's also an, USADA's the clean up this is the next generation yeah. now. The sport will be clean. It wasn't clean, so you can't point fingers at them for what happened in the past. But this generation is eventually going to catch up and, and wash away. So we've just got to kind of ride it out until that happens, I'm afraid. But uh, it, it, I'm glad Mark Hunt's back. We're huge Mark Hunt fans. We yeah. love the walk away. He knocks people KO. out, man. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, uh, you know, we we know that either Overeem turns up on the night and he absolutely lights Mark Hunt up and, and, and gets that finish. I think he will, you know. Uh, I think he but Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we get to see the first submission from Alistair Overeem in the UFC. Wow. Believe it or not, Overeem has got more submissions on his record than he's got knockouts. I remember, yeah, I remember you telling me this because obviously I, I've, I've, uh, I've been a fan of his as a kickboxer. I mean, he's, he's a sensational kickboxer. But back in the day before UFC, yeah, yeah. He back was in the pride days and all he that was stuff. He was a sensational guillotine expert. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if we see him, you know, use his reach to, to force Mark Hunt to the ground, to, to get on top of Mark Hunt and then uh, work for that submission. As we know, Mark's a fish out of water when he's on his back. So uh, I think that will be uh, certainly Greg Jackson's advice to Alistair Overeem heading into that fight. But. As we know, Overeem hasn't got the greatest chin in the heavyweight division either. And if Mark Hunt, and, you know, if, if if he's got anything in his locker, it's the one-punch power. Mm. So that's what makes that fight interesting. So I'm just glad Mark Hunt is back. And, you know, we he did say as well, oh, I'm not coming back until I get certain things put in my contract. That may have happened. You know, behind closed doors, he may well have negotiated something with the new UFC owners where, mm. you know, if Overeem or anyone else in the future fails a drug test, he might get... Some kind of contingency money or something Mm. like that. So, this is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes Store. This weekend, all eyes on Phoenix, Phoenix, Arizona. I do like that. I do. I just like the ring of Phoenix, Arizona. Sounds quite good, doesn't it? Sounds quite classy. Anyway, um, Rodriguez Penn. Last week, you alluded to the fact that this isn't going to last much longer, <laughs> much longer than maybe uh, a Ronda Rousey comeback. Are you anticipating maybe going further than a minute? What do you reckon? It's a it's a weird one, you know. Obviously, I, I grew up watching BJ Penn. I absolutely adore BJ Penn. The guy's an icon. The stuff he did in the sport in his in his, in his golden era was just you know phenomenal. Why you is know? he doing it then, man? Why is he doing it? Because he's a fighter. 
that's it, pure and simple. He doesn't need money. the cash. You don't need the cash. His family have got money. You know, he, he, I don't think he ever did need money. To be honest with you, he's he's from Hawaii and stuff, as we yeah. know. And that I think the family were always not. You know, they they weren't a, a family that was on the on the poverty line. They weren't struggling. He's always just been a fighter. He's always just loved fighting. And uh, obviously, he's an absolute jujitsu sensation. And then he came into the UFC in a blaze of glory and looked phenomenal. And then he, he was a lightweight. And then suddenly he jumped up to welterweight to fight Matt Hughes, who was a monster and everyone untouchable. And he and he goes and submits Matt Hughes to become the welterweight champ. And then he went away from the UFC and then came back and became the the lightweight champ. And, yeah. His career has just been absolutely one of the most, one of the greatest careers in the UFC history, without a shadow of a doubt. It ended three or four years ago. It should have stopped three or four years ago. Mm. You know, he's he's still going, he's still pushing on. And you know what? On this card at the weekend, there's uh, you know Joe Lauzon's on the undercard as well. Huge Joe Lauzon fan. Another guy that's got you know more. More fight of the night bonuses, or you know, I think is that him and Nick Diaz have got the most fight of the night or performance of the night bonuses in history. You know, these guys are super entertaining, but veterans that have been around the game for. For me, that that that's a fight that should have been made. Do you know what I mean? That that's the yeah. fight. That's the fight to make. Joe Lau's on or something like that. That that's a BJ Penn fight. You know, that's a that's a veterans match if you like. Maybe that's what the UFC are not all about though. That maybe leave that to Bellator. But I think Yar Rodriguez. The guy's a killer, man. He's serious, man. He's a killer. I, I just thought BJ Penn monster. doesn't get too too hurt. Yeah, well, that's that's kind of how we think about it going in, you know. I know that Yar Rodriguez has only had only had nine fights, but listen, this guy is an absolute shooting star. He's got so much ability, and it's, it's a strange one as well because Yar Rodriguez, for a while, when he first broke into the UFC, he was based at Greg Jackson. He was based at yeah. Jackson Winkle John as well, which is where BJ, BJ Penn is training now. Makes it even more weird for me because they. they Greg Jackson and Mike Winklejohn, they know how good this Yard Rodriguez kid is. You know, they know what his potential is. I think he's based out of Chicago these days. But, you know, to put BJ back in with him. But then again, BJ's BJ, you see. BJ's such a big star in the sport. I don't think he's he's, he's someone that negoti- that sits down with his coaches and goes, should we take this fight? BJ just does what he wants. And the coaching team just come in and work with him. You know, at the end of the day, BJ Penn has achieved so much in this sport um, at age of 38. You know, how much can Greg Jackson and Mike Winkle, John, actually improve him? Yeah, even improve him, but even sway him in the fight. You know, it's great that he's working with such a strong team. It's great that his sparring's probably on point. But BJ's BJ, man, and uh, you know, I think he's just trying to drag it out that little bit longer. For me, it feels like the UFC is kind of going, "Listen, son, bam, end. This is it now. You want to have a swan song? You want to fight? Right, we're going to put you in with a guy that's legit, young shooting star." Ranked in the top ten, you beat this guy, BJ. You'll get, you know, we'll throw you in for a title shot. But behind closed doors, it's like, right, let's let's close the book on BJ. Right, throw him. In. He, he wants a top ten fight. Let's let's give him one. Let's mm. give him what he wants. There seems to be a lot of that with the new owners uh, regarding the UFC. We spoke on last week's show, didn't we, about um, the old brigade maybe being uh, asked to step to one side. You likes even down to the commentary team and the and the and the matchmakers and all that type of stuff. Just being moved to one side before the new generation comes through and there's and there does genuinely seem to be a new generation influx coming our way now especially with the likes of Cody Garbrandt doing his thing becoming a champion in the way that he became a champion Amanda Nunes doing what she's doing and ended yeah what we would class as Ronda Rousey's career yep. there seems to be a lot of that at the moment there's a big tr- there's a lot of transition at the moment isn't there in the UFC 
Oh yeah, the big time transition, you know, and, uh, and but everywhere, set. not just in the yeah. octagon, but everywhere. It uh, seems completely, to be. completely, yeah, they're completely and utterly changing how that business is. Is what you know, at executive level and at fight level, as you say, they're getting rid of a lot of these old guys. You know, BJ's a six figure fighter. Yeah, you know, BJ's a guy that gets six figures, win, lose, or draw. So. These are the type of guys, these old veterans that aren't necessarily going to be winning world titles anytime soon. These are the type of guys that the new owners will be like, well, listen, why bother having What's him the point? on the card when yeah. there's the likes of Cody Garbrandt, Paige Van Zandt, Yar Rodriguez. You've got these young up, young guys coming through that, let's be honest, uh, are earning a fraction or picking up a fraction in terms of wages or what these guys are. You know, I'm just having a quick look now. So BJ lost his last fight, picked up 150 grand. Mm. Yar Rodriguez won his last fight, doubled his money, and made 42 grand. There you go. It's not rocket science. You know, it's not rocket science. What and was doing. probably more entertaining as well. Yeah, well, they're cleaning shop, aren't they? That's mm. what they're doing. They're, they're streamlining the, the, the business, both outside the octagon and inside the octagon. And uh, for me, this is this is the you know this is the the final fight of BJ Penn. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. That's it for this week. Make sure you come and join us for next week's show as we review everything that happened in the BJ Penn fight against Yao Rodriguez. We yep. anticipate that Rodriguez will do the business, but who knows? This is the UFC. One shot can change a fight, and it'd be quite nice actually for BJ Penn to win just to. Just to throw oh, a spanner yeah. into the works. It'd be amazing, yeah. Uh, we'll also be previewing Shevchenko versus Pena. We're all excited about uh, the prospects of Amanda Nunes' next fight. It probably will come from these two ladies. The winner of that will probably be fighting Amanda Nunes next. We'll be talking about it on next uh, Thursday's show. If you don't subscribe already, please go to iTunes. Check out Fight Disciples. Hit the subscribe button. Come and be a part of this on a, on a weekly basis. You can also hit us up on social media every single day of the week at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you already do that, thank you so much for being a part of it. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.